is, ladies and gents, round two for the business bros, and we get to talk about real estate. Dude, what's going on here? Economic recession, how's it affecting the real estate market? What are we gonna do? If you're wondering, then this episode's for you. So let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! All right, look, interest rates are rising, markets are changing, buyers and sellers just don't know what they should do these days. Do I sell or do I wait for the market to come back? Do I buy or do I wait for the market to drop? For those of you in real estate market, welcome to the game. For those of you who are on the fence, it's time for you to make a decision. And today's guest is a former military, current real estate agent, coach, and motivational speaker, here to give you some clarity and some answers. So let's get ready to talk real estate with Mr. Morad Fiki. Yo, man, I warned you we were about to have some fun. Welcome to the show. Oh, man, what's up? That was amazing. Man, you got me fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, dude. There we go. And and you know what? You should be. I, I my thought is if you don't wake up doing what you love every single day, then why the hell are you doing it? Find something else that gets your juices flowing. And uh, you know, the, the the intro is probably my favorite part of the show. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest because it gets all that energy out, right? Like you're here having some fun. So welcome, man. Welcome. Oh man, thank you so much. That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. You blew my socks off for sure. There we go. All right, let's do this thing. All right, uh, million dollar question, man. Uh, are we in a housing crisis? Like, is this like, uh, you know, I was around in 2008. Um, yeah, I bought my first house when I was 20. It was around 2002, 2003 era. I went through that boom and bust. I was, you know, I like to say I was smart, but then truth, truth be told, I was pretty lucky. I got out before everything hit down. I, I cashed out at the top. Uh, I looked like a genius, but there are a lot of people who didn't fare so well. Yeah. Fast forward to, you know, another 10 years down the road almost and or 12 years down the road since that happened. And like, we don't know what's going on here. On the one hand, we got inflation ridiculously out of control. We have prices for houses ridiculously out of control. Uh, income isn't catching up to it anytime soon. What's gonna happen, man? Interest rates are going up. What, what's what's the what's the four one one? Give me the skinny. So that's a great question. You know, are we in a housing crisis? Are we a mirror glimpse of what happened in two thousand eight? And the short answer is no, absolutely not. There was a lot of factors that led to the financial crisis of two thousand eight. Uh, the main one being these toxic assets. And a ton of people getting mortgages that had no business getting mortgages. You know, they were doing mortgages. If you had a pulse and you had, you know, you were breathing, you can get a mortgage. And a ton of people were getting mortgages and buying houses, way more houses than they could afford, right? So when that when that started unraveling and they were doing these, these loans where you had adjustable rate mortgages, where in three years, 
you know, the mortgage payment would double. And, and the thought was, well, three years is a long enough time for you to double your income. But I mean, there's, there was nothing, you know, there were just, it was ridiculous and, and way too many people got those mortgages. So that is a totally different scenario. Since then, uh, they've tightened up the banking regulations. Banks have had a lot more scrutiny, so they can't just give out mortgages like, like anybody's business like they were in 2008. So that is not what is happening here. What is happening here is a, a government, the U.S. government, that has printed about 40% of all U.S. dollars in circulation during the last 20 months or so. And so there's, in, in effect, a ton of inflation is happening. And now the Fed is saying, we've got to rein that inflation in. So we're going to jack up the interest rates way too fast. And, and that's what's happening. But I'm going to give you a, a few reasons why this is not a housing crisis. Number one, the inventory is not only not changing. In fact, it's shrinking because a lot of sellers are taking their homes off of the market. Number two is builders are way behind the building schedule. So what, during during uh, COVID, when the lumberyard shut down, when a lot of you know businesses across the nation shut down, builders stopped building, we still haven't caught up. So builders are not on par to build enough inventory for the market as needed. And, and they're saying it might take even 10 years for them to catch up. So with a lack of inventory, there is still a need for housing. And the, the other thing that I want to say is this, is it, uh, inf not inflation, the, the, the homes rising in value, the appreciation of homes has outpaced the standard 1% to 5% year over year during the last, say, five or six years. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you know, like appreciation was at 15 to 20% year over year. That is unsustainable. It is ridiculous. So if you didn't cash out at the top of the market, which was, you know, about eight months ago, now the market's starting to come down a little bit. The real estate market is cyclical, but for it to go from 15 to 20% in appreciation year over year to now back to one to one to three to five percent range, that's normal in housing. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that because that was a lot to unload, right? We went into a little bit of quantitative easing, which is what yeah. you're talking about, right? With the, this is where the Fed is is raising interest rates, making it more expensive for you to borrow money. So if it's more expensive for you to borrow money, it's less likely that you're going to use credit, which is not necessarily the case here in the U.S. We tend to use credit quite a bit, but it does make it uh, more difficult to buy a car, more difficult to buy a house. It just, the money's a little more expensive. And they're hoping that by doing that, they're going to slow the pace of inflation. That's what quantitative easing is for. And you talk about low inventory. And I kind of want to hover on that because you're, you're absolutely right. Inventory has shrank uh, significantly and it's been low for quite a bit of time. But yeah. what's also low now, and I want to kind of hover on this, is the buyer pool. I mean, you talked about how, you know, in, in early 2000s, we had people who can fog a mirror, which was, I was one of them. I bought my first house at 20. I didn't deserve or need necessarily qualify to buy a house, but I could fog up a mirror. So they gave me a mortgage. They gave me two yeah. of them, actually, a first and a second, which is the way I was able to, to buy that place, right? But yeah. today, the, the qualifications are more stringent. Like, in, you're definitely looking at underwriting. They're definitely going and looking at your stuff, making sure you're qualified. But with interest rates really high, 
it means there's less buyers that are able to to go out there and actually purchase these properties as well. So, yeah. and and you couple that with quantitative easing, people are not able to buy some of that stuff. How long do you think we're going to see inventory at low? And then what does an actual normal market look like? We've been in such a hot seller's market for like a decade. I don't think most realtors for, for that matter or people in, in the market understand what a normal market would look like. Exactly. And so interest rates have been at record lows. I mean, when you have interest rate in the 2% range, like 2.75%, and you have inflation, which on on usual regular basis is anywhere from 1% to 5%. So let's just say at 3%. So inflation is higher than the interest rate. That's a free loan. Yeah. Because you're borrowing the money and it's more valuable from when you borrowed it and you're paying it with cheaper money back over time. So uh, when you're getting a free loan, how long can the system allow that? And it would, and I'll just say it, it was allowed for a long time. If you look at the last 100 years, there's only been two times during the last 100 years where rates have been below 6%. And we were in one of those times recently. And it was a long period of time. So 6% is on average. And then you, you even look back to when Reagan and Jimmy Carter were president, rates were as high as 18%. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying we're going there or we won't go there. I mean, no one really knows. But I will say this. I have some buyers that I've been working with for about 18 months. We have literally made about 25 offers on houses. And they were getting beat out because they were putting an offer in and there was 25, 30 offers on the same house. So these houses were selling for fifty to $75,000 over list price. This was yep. last year. Now we just got them under contract and they're buying the house $20,000 below list price. So, you know, you get it on one side, you're getting a low interest rate, but you're paying $50,000 over the list price. Whereas now you can actually negotiate, you can actually get it at a reasonable price and you got a higher interest rate. So, you know, you're married to the house, but you're dating the interest rate. If rates come back down in a year or two or three or four, you can always refinance and get out of that higher interest rate. Yeah, it's always an opportunity. Uh, if it goes down, if it goes up, it's a fixed mortgage. So it's not like you're you're worried about the interest rate adjusting at any point. You're able to buy and afford things at today's rates at that fixed monthly rate. It's saying it's not going to change. And the cool thing about the buyer side, I mean, you're you're talking about you know a year ago it was like you know seventy over asking plus the the appraisal gap plus no contingencies. Don't even ask for a single repair on nothing. Today, you have a lot more opportunities. You get to negotiate on terms. You can even use some credits to buy down the rate and bring that rate down if if need be to get you to qualify. And sellers are in a position right now where they're conceding to a lot of these things because the ones that are on the market are usually in a position where they got to sell. They're in a position where they need to get out of this property and it gives the buyers leverage. Buyers are gold right now. Qualified buyers are absolute gold. If you're interested in buying a property, make sure you reach out. Morad's uh, uh, website is scrolling across the bottom. Make sure you guys reach out because, I mean, now is the time. Buyers take advantage of these markets. So it's, it is definitely a buyer's market. You also talked about home builders, and home builders are like so far out to buy to, to building these properties. And I'm kind of curious because when I look around, 
I don't see single family homes being built. At least I'm in San Diego. I know the profit margin is is not as well. What I see going up is apartments. Apartment complexes like crazy. Developments like crazy are going up to solve some of this housing shortage. So, you know, when when we talk about builders building things as as far as inventory is concerned, um, do you think that's going to have an effect on the market as builders continue to build multi-unit versus single family homes? One thing that I've been seeing in the apartment space, you made a great point, is that rents are just taking off. Mm. You know, rents are getting more and more and more expensive. And so, you know, that's that's the thing where buyers step out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to buy right now because rates are going up. Rents are going up, too. And that's with everybody. So do you want to pay higher rent or do you want to pay a higher interest rate? And, and the other thing is a lot of apartment investors and multifamily syndicators are saying that exact same thing. They're saying, hey, rents are taking off. Now is the time to invest in apartment complexes and apartment buildings, because with the rents increasing, the values of those properties are rising. Cap rates and, just go up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, let's talk about that, because at the end of the day, you're going to pay a mortgage. It's either your mortgage or somebody else's mortgage, but you're going to pay a mortgage. Right. you got to have somewhere to live. At least this way, you're taking advantage of the depreciation on the tax side. If it's a rental, if it's your primary home, you're taking advantage of the appreciation and some of the tax deductions that you may be able to get uh, right. along the way as well. Um, let's talk about some creative ways of being able to buy, right? So I remember a long time ago when I started in this real estate space, I learned about this strategy called a subject to, right? Subject to financing. Uh, and I figured now is one of those great times to start talking about this again, because people are in a position where if they do have to sell, they might be getting rid of a 3% mortgage. And that's like gold, dude, that's money in the bank. How can we take advantage of something like a subject to? Uh, definitely. So there's a ton of opportunities where subject to mortgages are in place. And what you're, what you're referring to is subject to financing, meaning I purchased the house subject to the existing mortgage remaining in place. Now you might say, how can you do that? Well, there's a number of ways to do that, but a lot of, of homeowners who are trying to get out or may not have enough equity in the house to sell on the conventional sales side could sell it to an investor and just leave the existing loan in place. You might think, well, why would I want to do that if I'm selling the house, you know, and what if they don't pay the loan? Well, if they're putting a significant amount of money down, no investors going to want to just give away their, their, you know, investment in that property, because if they don't pay the mortgage, the bank forecloses and then they lose everything that they invested. So it's a great way to mitigate the risk, especially if there's a 3% loan or, or, or something like that. And it's fixed for 30 years. So, hey, if we can leave the existing mortgage in place, some investors will even pay a premium for that. Mm-hmm. Because it's just an uber low rate. They know they're not going to get it on the open market right now. And, you know, it benefits you. Another thing is if someone's being foreclosed on or they're in pre-foreclosure, it's, it is a good idea to a certain extent to leave that mortgage in place, let it get caught up, let it, let it get reinstated is what it's called. You reinstate the loan, pay off all the past due fees and everything else, bring it current, and now you have someone else making the mortgage payments again. After a few months, the credit starts going back up because the, the mortgage is current, the payments are being made on time, 
And it's a great way to improve someone's credit who's, who might have gone through an adverse situation. Yeah, the, the opportunities are absolutely abundant when it comes to this space. Uh, you know, I, I know oftentimes when you hear of markets crashing, you hear about the problems, but those problems are just opportunities. They're just disguised as problems. You just got to be able to find that solution there to make those things happen. So, okay, real estate is one of the toughest industries to become successful in, mainly because prospecting sucks and people don't want to do it, right? That's really what it comes down to. You don't want to do the prospecting. You don't want to go find other clients, but that's the necessity. This is a, you know, you eat what you kill type scenario. So you have to go out and find deals. You have to go out and meet clients. You have to go out and network and talk to people so that those deals keep coming in, whether they're the deals direct or the referrals. So let me ask you as a real estate agent, what are you doing today to get your message out there to show people that, hey, I'm a real estate agent. I practice in this field. I know my stuff. I'm the guy you want to work with, not the tío, the primo, the friend over there that got his real estate license two weeks ago who doesn't know anything yet. I'm the difference. I'm, the, I'm a playmaker over here. I'm going to get you through this market, whether it's a short sale, whether it's a foreclosure, whether it's a traditional sale subject to wraparound mortgage, whatever it is, I got you. What are you doing to promote yourself? So that's a great point. Yeah, this is a, a very noisy space. Uh, here in Houston, Texas, I know you're in San Diego. In Houston, I don't know how it is in San Diego, but here in Houston, there are 45,000 members of the Houston Association of Realtors. So 45,000 realtors in the greater Houston metropolitan area. And so how do we stand out? The, the, the first thing is, me, I like to do what is unconventional and really get my message out there. And I'm using the power of social media. Social media is so powerful, building a following, building a brand. That's why in such a short amount of time, I've built a following of over 200,000 people through social media and, and putting out powerful content, not just on real estate, but on business, on interest rates, on what's going on. What do people want to know about? What are they concerned with? And I got to bring that information to, to the, the metropolis area. And so that's what I love to do. You know, the thing about agents, a ton of them are lazy. They don't want to prospect. They don't want to make phone calls. And then they don't even want to promote themselves. So they just want to wait with their hand out with silver platter and have a deal fall on their lap. And that's just not realistic. That's why nine out of 10 agents do not renew their license in one year because, you know, they're like, I need to go get a job. Oh, and, man. It's so and, true. I heard, I heard a couple sayings that, that always trip me out. Uh, secret agents have skinny kids, right? That's the first one I heard. I thought that was, I thought that was amazing. Cause that's the truth, right? You have your license, but you don't tell anybody about it. You keep it a secret. No deal is going to come your way. Sorry. You got to actually tell people what it is you yeah, do. Yeah. And the other stat was 80% of the homes that are going to be sold in five years are going to be sold by an agent that doesn't have their license yet. So that tripped wow. me out because you know, that, that's exactly your point. Nine out of 10 agents don't renew their license. A real estate agent license is a four-year license. You got to get your CE, then you got to renew. So that means in four years, a, an agent couldn't turn it into a business that was viable to keep your license intact and they disappear. They go away. So, you know, that's that sucks. And we're going to see a lot of that turn and burn when the market shifts because it was so easy for an agent to get a deal, pop a sign in the front and earn a commission. Whereas now... You got to negotiate with the seller. 
You got to talk about the terms. You got to have price adjustment conversations that you never used to have to have in, in the past. You're going to have to have repair request conversations that you didn't have to have in the past. Totally different ball game. Um, even I'm, I'm starting to see shifts in how compensation is paid for agents it, for a long time. Seller pays the compensation for buyer and seller. Um, well, to selling agent, selling agent splits it with the buyer's agent. Now you're seeing a lot of sellers like really shrink the buyer's side and the buyer has to come in and negotiate some of their stuff with sellers as, with, uh, with their buyers as well. So there's a lot of moving parts in this industry how do you keep yourself up to date as things move on, as things change, you're becoming a resource for the people out there, which is why you're, you're getting deals left and right. How do you stay afloat? That's a great question. The biggest thing is building a brand and getting my name out there. I want to be sold before I even come into the door, you know, and, and you made a great point. And if I'm going against two or three other agents, I'll ask the seller, you know, how big is their following? How well are they known? Did you Google them? Did you Google me? You know, I, I tell people, hey, just Google me and you'll see my stats. I've sold over $100 million in Houston real estate and I plan to even double and quadruple that. But how am I going to do that? And that's building a brand and building a following, you know, and, and I tell people everybody's going to put your listing on HAR, which is the Houston Association of Realtors. Har.com, it's a great website. It's the most robust real estate website. One of the top MLSs in the country. They have a huge budget and it's great, but everyone's going to do that, right? What are they going to do beyond that? You know, how, what other ways are they going to market the property? You know, are, are they all over social media? And not just that, I'm not talking about, okay, do they have a Facebook account? Because anybody's going to say, oh yeah, I'll put on my Facebook. If you don't have a following, no one cares. Mm -hmm. you know, no one cares if you don't know how to put out powerful content that captivates and stops the scroll you know people are scrolling they're doing this all day long on their phone they're scrolling how can i stop the scroll and get somebody interested in my content and develop my brand and my brand identity and and that's what i tell people if they don't have a brand if they're not known then how much value more value are they going to add besides just putting it on hard.com Bro, power of podcasting. I don't know how else to explain it to people. This is what I talk about all the time. Like, are you in business? You have to have a podcast. Why? Because you're literally creating content. That strategy that you said about have you Googled me, I literally use that all the time. When I go on a listing appointment and I'm sitting with the client and it's like, yeah, well, this other agent said this. I'm like, look, here's, here's the bottom line. Look, this is about marketing. Right At the end of the day, I need to market your property, get as many people to come inside to look at it so we can get the most offers and the highest price point. You agree? Like, of course. I'm like, cool. So Google that agent's name, Google my name, and then tell me which one is better at marketing. And then if you want to go with the cheaper end, cool, but it's your money at the end of the day. So, oh, yeah. you know, take a, take a second to take a look at that. And that's what the power of podcasting to me has done, right? To be able to go on here, have a conversation with a real estate agent or an entrepreneur, learn a little something which you normally wouldn't do. And at the same time, you're making content. You take clips here, you take clips there, you post them on your social media. All of a sudden, when it comes down to, hey, I recognize that guy. Where do I recognize him from? I don't know. I've seen him somewhere, but it's because he's always popping up on my social feed, right? I mean, oh, what's yeah. your experience been like in creating content? Were you like a natural and you just knew how to talk in front of the camera and behind the microphone right away? No, absolutely not. It, it takes time to build that muscle. 
you know, and, and a big reason why agents and people in general don't want to get on video is because they say, well, you know, when I get better or when it when it's they're waiting for all the stars to align and everything to be perfect. And the thing is, perfectionism is the enemy of execution. Mm. Perfectionism is the enemy of execution, of getting your stuff out there. It's never going to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. You know, I'll do a video and I'll stutter sometimes. I'm still putting it out. I don't care. Who cares? And in all honesty, I have hired very expensive videographers to shoot uh, an amazing video for me. And I, I'm like, this video is so amazing. And we put it out and it's like, wah, all right. wah, wah. <laughs> and then I do like a raw video holding my phone. It's shaky. And that video pops. You know, uh, people love the authenticity and just the spur of the moment and, you know, just that raw content. So, you know, I've gotten way better over time because I do it over and over and over. And even when I didn't feel confident, I'm like, I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to do it now. And you've got to say, I don't care what people think. I'm going to get my message out there because obscurity, if you're obscure and no one knows you, then you're the one who's going to suffer for that. And your family is too. You got to make a hard sale when it's when nobody knows who you are. I mean, it starts with the intro and then you got to keep going. Once they know who you are and what you do, it's so much easier for them to want to work with you because they've already made the decision before they even reach out to you. Right. Yeah. So they're just trying to check to make sure that you're the same person you are online that you are in person. Uh, and the, the funny thing is, I remember starting this podcast and and at first, you know, friends and family were like, you're doing a podcast. What the hell did you at first? They laughed at you. Now they ask you for advice, right? And that's the thing that happens when you first start off. You're going to suck. You're not going to be good. It's uncomfortable. You don't like the way you look. You don't like the way you sound. You fumble your words, all kinds of stuff. Do it anyway. You do it every single day. You will get better. I promise you. At first they'll laugh at you. Then they'll ask you for advice. Right, dude, you, you've been crushing it in, in this real estate space. You've been crushing it in creating content. You've been crushing it and allowing yourself to build that following. Like what words of advice would you give a real estate agent who's on the fence? They're thinking about, hey, should I start a podcast? Should I start a TikTok account? Like what advice would you give them to kind of get them in that position where, yes, you should do that? Wow, that's a great question, Hernan. Uh, what I would say, the best piece of advice I would say is stick to something and be consistent. It takes time for when you plant seeds, it takes time to yield the harvest, right? You plant seeds, you can't expect for tomorrow to have a, a forest. It takes time. You've got to keep working the system. So whether it's a podcast, whether it's a YouTube channel, whatever you decide to do, TikTok has been great. Whatever you decide to do, you've got to stick with it and just keep going, keep going, keep refining, keep getting better. And and over time, you'll start to build a following. Now, where I see people make mistakes is they quit. They try something a few times like, oh, didn't work. You know, they run a few Facebook ads. Oh, didn't work. You know, it's like, dude, I run Facebook ads. You know how many ads I've ran? And the thing is running ads, I'm a scientist. I I might think, man, this ad's going to pop and it flops. And then I got another ad and it pops, you know, you got to like constantly be tweaking and testing and tweaking and testing, split testing. So you have to constantly be working at something and tweak it and get better every single day. As long as you're getting better every day, then you're winning. 
It's like working out, man. You can't go to the gym and expect a two-minute workout to get a six-pack. You can't read about getting a six-pack. You actually have to do the work to get there. And it's not a one-day thing. You got to do it every single day. I love that that idea of no matter what you do, you're going to work. And that saying that, uh, what is it? If you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Bullshit. You work every single day. You probably will work harder when you love it than when you didn't yeah. love it. Yeah. The difference is you know the outcome. You know what you're shooting for. And that's why you're getting up to do it every single day. Dude, before we head out, how can people get a hold of you? They want to reach you. They want to talk to you. They want to get some information from you. How can they find you? Man, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm on every social media platform and I'm very active especially Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and you, my YouTube channel. So, you know, whatever's your favorite platform, jump on there. Let's connect. Um, IG is Murad.Fiki, and then Twitter and TikTok is Murad.Fiki with no period. Uh, also, Murad.Fiki.com or HoustonLuxuryRealEstate.com, which I will say is the premier website for luxury homes in Houston, Texas. So HoustonLuxuryRealEstate.com, uh, MuradFiki.com. I, I'd love to get, you know, chat or, or get help you out. 832-610-4290. Hit me up and let's connect. I'd love to do that. Let's and do it, so man. This was amazing. I was going to ask you that, man. Like, I, I know you're you're doing podcast tours, right? So you're over here. You're looking for different shows. You have different yeah, experiences yeah. to create content. And I, I ask this of my guests quite often. Like, what was your experience like on this show compared to other shows you've been on? Oh, man, this is awesome. This is all You got me pumped up before we started. I was like, what? This is like a rock concert, man. I was pumped up. <laughs> this That's is what I'm talking about. I love the energy. I love the content. I love the discussion. And I appreciate you having me on. It's all about having some fun, dude. I didn't even get to drop movie clips, dude. Normally, I drop movie clips, but uh, you know, what's a good one for this one? This is the reason why you got into real estate, right? Let's just face it. Ladies and gents, this is why we do We're it. We're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. That's what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. At the end of the day, that, that's what dude. it's all about, dude. That. And if you don't know what movie that is, it's because you're not as old as I am. You're probably a new generation, but that is Spaceballs. The, 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 I was going to say the coloring book. That's but no, Spaceballs the movie, man. It's a great it's a great episode. All right. Morat, thank you very much for being on the program, ladies and gents. That's what we do, man. We love to have some fun. Look, the real estate market is not dead. A, a, a value of a property is when a buyer and a seller come to an agreement on a price. And that's always going to happen. Up markets, down markets, buyer markets, seller markets. It doesn't matter what kind of market you're in. There are people who need to buy. There are people who need to sell. So if you need a little bit of help, make sure you hit up Morad. I'm going to scroll his uh, website one more time across the bottom. Moradfiki.com. M-O-R-A-D-F-I-K-I.com. Make sure you guys stop by. Say what's up. Uh, get any help you need. I mean, I get it. He's in Houston, Texas, and you may not be in that state, but sometimes it helps to talk to a realtor who knows what they're talking about. Maybe they can hook you up in a direction to get you in a position where you're ready to buy or sell. So make sure you guys check it out one more time, more at Fiki.com. Ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.